So, has anyone installed the iOS or watchOS betas or macOS betas? Maybe. <laughs> Which ones? Um, iOS and am I allowed to say watchOS? Oh, am I allowed no. to admit to this? <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, How's it going? Interestingly enough, interestingly enough, the watchOS beta is way better than the iOS beta. What? So not really? that... Yeah, would not have expected it. Um, I know in the past, watchOS betas have been horrible. Um, in the case of watchOS 5, at least beta 2, I didn't do beta 1, but on beta 2, if you had handed this to me and said it was you know, the, the an initial release of watchOS 5.0, I would believe you. I w- have not known it's beta at all. Um, no crashes, nothing's wrong with it. It's not slow. Um Things just work. What they changed? Work as you expect. I forget what changed in watchOS. So not a lot, and that probably really does contribute to the whole. It's quite smooth. Um, there's some nice UI changes, which are probably are probably the biggest things, really. Um, like at least visually. So Control Center can now be. I think that's what it's called. Control Center can now be uh, customized, so you can sort of rearrange uh, all those controls there. So I've sort of adjusted it so that the six I use frequently are, are visible when I first swipe up. Um, there's where, the whole... I'm just curious, where do you actually do that change of the control panel? Is that something you do on the watch or is that in the watchOS app? Yeah, you you do it on the watch. So at the bottom of Control Center, if you scroll to the bottom, there's an edit button. At least this is the way it is in beta 2. I guess that could change. Um, but yeah, there's an edit button and you can you can't remove any of the icons, but you can drag them around similarly to dragging around icons on the iOS home screen. Okay, that's that sounds really cool. I think that would be handy because there are a few things that I'm not using. Yeah, yeah. And like, for example, uh, for the cellular watch, the mobile data toggle, I mean, it, if you're connected to mobile data, it's green. If you're not connected, it's white. And if you, you press on it, you can toggle mobile data off and on. But I never have a need to do that because if I'm not connected through Bluetooth to the phone, it will try and connect through Wi-Fi. If it doesn't have a Wi-Fi connection, it'll just automatically default to mobile data. Like I don't, you shouldn't need to toggle it off and on um, ever. So I don't know why that option was even there really. So it's kind of nice to be able to hide that as well as the uh, option to ping the phone, which I do use occasionally, but I accidentally hit it way more than I need to. So I've been able to hide or move that down the bottom. So I shouldn't make that mistake anymore. Okay. Anything else that kind of stuck out to you? Uh, there's all the new notification stuff, um, so group notifications and all the new notification settings, so the option to mute or deliver quietly. There's the new Do Not Disturb features, so you can turn it similarly to the phone on iOS 12. You can turn it on for a certain amount of time, like your current calendar event or your so until you leave your location or until the next morning, which is actually quite nice. Um, but the biggest change in watchOS 5 is probably the changes to the Siri watch face, so that stems from all the changes to Siri and Siri shortcuts in iOS 12. And so I was using the Siri watch face uh, for about two weeks um, on watchOS 4, just so I could do a comparison after upgrading. And it is a bit more useful in watchOS 5. Um, You do have a few more options for the tiles there. It's always prompting you to start a workout, which is a little bit annoying. Um, You should always start a workout. Just have a workout running twenty four hours a day. Um, I so there are some there are some interesting things with that. Like once you started a workout, 
the tile is sometimes still there prompting you to start a workout. Um, and I'm not sure, I have filed a, a radar about that and I'm not sure if that's intentional or not because just because of the way the, the whole series shortcut system is designed, I don't really think it's meant to, uh, I don't think you're meant to remove and or like hide and show uh, these shortcuts as mm-hmm. they become available. So I've sort of been doing a bit of, of diving into series shortcuts and things like that. And I don't know if that's what the system's designed for. Just um, curious. So it's sort of interesting. If it keeps on showing the starter workout, what happens? In, can you actually interact with that the second time? Or if you tap that, does that just go into a current workout? Uh, I'm going to... I haven't done that because I don't really want to stuff up any workouts, especially during the beta. Yeah. Um, I'm going to guess that it just opens the workout app to the session in progress because that's all the, the complication does. Sorry, the not complication. That's all the shortcut does anyway is open the workout app. Okay. Um, it won't actually start a workout on that press. You still need a second tap to to pick the workout type. Hmm. All right. Yeah. Uh, what about so yeah? That's sort of been the biggest change. WatchOS four as your watch face. Did you actually enjoy using that? Not at all. No. It's <laughs> honestly it, it was useless. <laughs> all right. Because I feel the same yeah. way. I I tried after after the keynote. I tried to use the Siri watch face uh, on WatchOS four for about a day and then I thought it was completely unusable and switched back to one of my other watch faces. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you have a lot of calendar appointments, it might be useful, but even then I'd say the modular face with the calendar complication is way better. Yeah, um, because then you could get yeah. other complications too. I feel like the Siri one has has a bit of a limited amount, li- limited screen space, so you would lose Definitely. And that changed Definitely. for you with WatchOS 5? Uh sort of it's it's a little bit better having these uh suggestions throughout the day but again at the moment it's limited to only apple's apps and that's still a problem i think a lot of them either aren't getting support for it or aren't getting and like good enough support for this this siri watch face in watch os 5 so um yeah i think i think it'll really it'll take until september when we get all the app updates that hopefully support siri shortcuts to see what this watch face is capable of um, I still, I'm not a fan of looking at my watch and not knowing what I'm going to see. I really do like having complications, knowing what to expect. Um, you know, look top left for weather, for example. Um, whereas with this one, is the weather going to show on the face? You don't know. Uh, sort of, sort of a guessing game. You you mentioned the grouped notifications. Is that something that all apps are supporting? That would only be Apple's apps, right? Because the third party developers would have to implement that. Is that correct? Uh, so for group notifications, at the moment, there is some third-party support um, just built in. So for example, Tweetbot will group, if you get five notifications from Tweetbot, they will be grouped on the watch. Um, I think once updates are out for watchOS 5, like app updates, uh, developers will be able to control the group. So say, for example, in the case of Tweetbot, you might have one group for DMs and one group for mentions, for example. But at the moment, they're all grouped together. Um, yeah. Yeah, just by app, basically. Yes, yeah. Whereas Apple's apps take advantage of uh, having different groups. So different group conversations in messages, for example, will have their own uh, group notifications. Okay. Hmm. So have either of you installed the beta? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> We're not crazy, Zach. You are smart people. We, we um, also just moved to a new city. Uh, and iOS 12 seems to have uh, some GPS issues. 
And that's about the worst possible issue you can have when you don't know a single place in the in the city you're living in. Yeah, I, I can attest to those GPS issues. I was driving somewhere unknown last weekend, and um, it wasn't as bad as it has been for some people, but it didn't know whereabouts on the road I was. So it knew what road I was on, but it's like, oh, this road is three kilometers long. I think you're halfway, but in actuality, I was sort of you know, near the intersection and I had no clue what way to go. Um, yeah, so that's not particularly great. Wouldn't recommend updating uh, if you do rely on location services. Um, I'm really surprised that they released the public beta earlier this week uh, and it's the same build as dev beta 2, which is what I'm running with all the location issues. I feel like location is one of those things you probably shouldn't have playing up in a public beta. Yeah, I'm surprised about that too. Uh, does that seem to be localized to specific devices? Or I didn't really... Um, our move took most of our attention. I didn't really look into uh, issues with betas over the last few weeks. Yeah, so it seems to be mixed. Um, it definitely seems to be affecting a lot more iPhone X than uh, any other phone. But I mean, I'm running it on an iPhone 7 and I'm seeing the issue intermittently. I mean, last night I did drive somewhere and used Maps for navigation and it worked almost perfectly again so it's very inconsistent on my device i think the problem is uh, more consistent on iphone 10s um, but i know that they've had issues in the past with the iphone 10 and location services as well i think whatever software it shipped with so probably 11.1 um, that had some location issues as well where it just it wouldn't update your location so it would show you uh, a location from where you were like half an hour before, it might be a few kilometers away. Uh, again, this didn't affect everyone, but I definitely know some people who yeah, were I've, affected by that. I've had that issue uh, with yeah. the iOS version it shipped with. Yep. So anything that was um, that had positive impact on your iOS usage with the iOS 12 beta? Uh, I think the screen time feature is really promising. Um, so that's sort of where you get an overview of how long you're using your devices for. I think the most jarring stat for most people, uh, and I know this has been discussed elsewhere as well, is the pickups per day. So it shows you how how many pickups, how many times you're picking up your phone per day, uh, and how frequent that is. So for example, that, that works out to be every five minutes, um, which and honestly that stat can be quite quite scary. Um, it is also showing notifications per day and how many notifications you get per hour. Uh, another interesting stat. Um, and I think that has a lot of potential for sort of digital health and, and managing uh, your time spent on device. I think Apple's calling it digital well-being. Um, and so I, what, I guess... What are your stats? It's going to take a while to load. <laughs> Be just like... Um, all right, my stats. It's loading. This could be scary. I'm going to filter it um, just my iPhone because I'm running the beta on my iPad, but the data doesn't seem to be syncing properly, so I think it would be slightly less accurate. Um, so did you sorry. only install the um, the new version on your iPad? iPad and phone. Oh, okay. How come you yeah. decided to go with both? Um, iPad was because, well, why not? I don't actually need the iPad to run well now that uni's over. Um and phone is because I wanted, well, I wanted WatchOS 5 to test Siri shortcut things. So doing a lot of work with those at the moment in my spare time. So um, trying to sort of get familiar with it. And I think the best way to do that is running it on 
device. Um, so, well, actually, these stats for today are good. Um, I've used my phone for 16 minutes uh, and I've been awake three hours. So I think that's not too bad. Um, pull out the stats for the last seven days. This is going to be more scary. Well, pickups, 106 per day, which works out to be every nine minutes. Um, Are you using and, your phone for debugging during work? Uh, not work, work. Oh, no. Okay. So. Okay. Well, I thought that could <laughs> no. be an excuse if you have a device. <laughs> I appreciate you trying to make it yeah. an exception, but um, no. Um, yeah, so it wasn't that. Um, and notifications, 168 per day. So slightly more notifications than pickups, which is probably good that it's not drawing my attention every notification. Uh, but 385 of them are from Dexcom. So I don't know if they really count because I usually don't action those. Um, so that could be. Yeah, they, they, I mean, they're also somewhat more important than, than a Twitter DM would be. That is true, yeah. I mean, Tweetbot's not too bad. Uh, 54 in the last seven days. So that's, I mean, I don't, have notifications on for everything, so it probably helps with that. Oh, look, you're up, Kai. Pack track three. Ah, look at that. Hmm. I, I think every 10 minutes is actually not too bad. I expected something way worse than that. I, I'm now slightly more terrified of installing the beta on my phone. <laughs> I'm not sure. I feel like 10 minutes just feels like a lot to me. I, I don't know what I have, but I feel like it would be less. Because even if I would get notifications, I would check my watch first. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's a good point. I wouldn't actually respond to everything directly. But I'm also terrible at responding to messages and <laughs> stuff like that. It's also interesting that Apple decided not to add uh, stats for your watch at all. I feel like Yeah, I mean, glances be, per day. Yeah, it could be a bit error-prone. Like, you just light up the screen while walking sometimes. Yeah, because how would you count a glance? And, like, so a glance at the watch would probably be any time the screen comes on because if the screen's turning on, it yeah. thinks you're looking at it, but it is often triggered falsely. Or even I know when driving, if I go to turn the wheel enough that my watch will show and it's like, well, does that count? Does it, I mean, it's pretty pretty easy to know when a pickup has occurred on an iPhone. You know, mm -hmm. Generally, the home button's being pressed. You're looking at the screen. You might interact with a notification or unlock the phone. Uh, I'd say it's a bit more accurate than on the watch. What's that home button you're mentioning? <laughs> Oh, the greatest way to unlock her phone. Yeah. Speaking of home buttons, I, I started using my iPad more. And I'm, it's, it's really difficult. <laughs> because Did I you know to, it? I, I can't swipe to get away from the app I'm using. I need to manually touch a button. Yeah, it's Look, I'm just going to say you should install iOS 12. In iOS 12 on the iPad, you can swipe to close the app, just like on an iPhone 10. Can you swipe between the apps like iPhone 10? So it is technically possible, but I don't think it's supported in beta 2. It's like, so you can do it, but it's not easy. So you know it's it's not meant to be uh, done, but okay. it is possible. That indicates, I guess, it could either be coming to a future iPad or it could be coming to a future beta. Okay. All right. Yeah. But there's still the four-finger four finger swipe on iPad to swipe between apps. So yeah. that does work yeah. too. Yeah, I might, I might give that a go, but I don't know. I said I feel like I know that a lot of people have been quite happy with the new, uh, with the changes, with the differences between 
iOS on iPhone and iOS on iPad. But I feel like I still haven't gotten used to the different gestures on the iPad because I'm not using it frequently enough. And since I can't use the same gestures as on the phone, uh, it always takes me a little bit of time to actually remember the, f remember the gestures. But I think that might just be me for not using my iPad as much as most people do. I think people who use iPads tend to have it. Um, it it tends to be something they use on a regular base, but I guess I ha I'm more of a maybe every third day or something. Yeah, you're right. That context switching can be hard, especially when you've got different gestures on a Mac trackpad, different gestures on an iPad, and then different ones again on your phone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so continuing on sort of with screen time, do you see it coming to the Mac at all maybe next year? Um, but that, yeah, I, I know that it's something that's been spoken about in other on other podcasts and it feels like it might not be as much of an issue because the f the reason why you need something like that on a phone is because you people are actually addicted to their phones. They constantly keep on picking it up and they constantly keep on looking at it. I feel like once people pick a Mac up, they tend to do it for a more direct purpose. They tend to do it for work or they tend to do it because they want to browse around. I feel like I don't think that many people go directly to social media websites anymore. I think people tend to use apps. It's also, you don't really see people being distracted, walking around the streets, checking their MacBooks. <laughs> it's usually, I think uh, Mac sessions are usually longer. You you pick up your Mac, you do something for, for a while. It's not really this thing that you constantly pull out to then be distracted for about 30 seconds and uh, put it back again and then two minutes later you you open it up again i so, think their the usage patterns are different enough that the way it seems to be implemented for ios i don't think would give you any useful insight I, i'm quite aware of how often i use my mac because it is more of a deliberate um action compared to to my phone i wouldn't i could probably tell you how many times i i use my mac over the day um, quite accurately, but I couldn't tell you about my phone just because it doesn't feel like a deliberate thing that I go to to then use for for a specific time. It's more something that happens as as I walk around, as I wait for something. It's often that I, I sit somewhere waiting for something for more than 10 seconds and then I pull out my phone. Yeah, I do agree. I think, I, I definitely agree. I think it's something that you, you're more conscious when about when you're using your computer, but something that would be interested, especially for like a work environment, would be to see how often people go to a specific website or how often people, how long time people actually spend in the main apps. If you're a software developer, how often do they spend, how many times, how, how, how many hours do they spend in the developer tool apps, um, in the different development apps? Um, and yeah, it would also be interesting to see how many people do go to Facebook and how many people go, go shopping. But I think this is something you can achieve from other things. There are um, there are other ways of tracking those type of things. Um, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's something that's necessary from Apple to come to come up with. Yeah, it's it's definitely an interesting uh, problem. I mean, though the feature is called Screen Time, which makes me think it could be applied to more than just mobile devices. And I mean, I completely understand the argument that it, it was put in place to solve a problem. And that problem is that people are using their phones too much. And that's absolutely true. And it's, it's probably not as true on the Mac. But I think it still could be really interesting to have a complete overview of how much time per day or per week you are spending in front of a screen. Um, I've used Rescue Time on my Mac for 
uh, the last 18 months or so. And that's provided some really good insight into exactly how I use my Mac. And it's made me think now with screen time, it would be great if Apple built the feature in themselves so that when I go to the, like, the little dashboard on my iPad or my phone to look at screen time, it includes time from the Mac as well, just to see how much time am I spending in front of a screen. And I know that the chances of you know, the time on the Mac being distracting is far less, um, but still it's, it's sort of good to know. Um, I actually do have some interesting stats that I can pull up from my last week uh, recorded with Rescue Time. Um, so I spent 39 hours and 42 minutes at my Mac in the last seven days uh, leading up to today. Oh, wow. Um, and 14 hours and 18 minutes of those were software development. Yeah. Um, I did only work two days last week, so that sort of falls in line with, with about what you'd expect for, for two days at work. Um, the rest of the time was uni studying, so I've got a lot of reference and learning time. Um, I think Preview was my most used oh, most used app after, after Xcode, so lots of documents for studying. Mm. I spent how much time social networking? Two hours and th- oh, that's terrible. Two hours and thirty-seven minutes on social networks. That's mainly Tweetbot. So does it say bad. which social networks? Uh, so I have Tweetbot, LinkedIn, Twitter.com. Um, <laughs> So you Actually, just, you just hacked the and, system and went to went to twitter.com uh, when when you realized <laughs> No, actually I take that back. The the LinkedIn and twitter.com time combined is 12 minutes. So it it's all tweetbot. 2 hours and 17 minutes is tweetbot. <laughs> all right. <laughs> That's really bad. Um I mean, but I do I guess it depends on what your exam was on. <laughs> <laughs> it might be useful learning. Maybe. Yeah. Um I, I do quite like uh, with the, the screen time feature on iOS, the setting yourself limits for certain apps. And so after, I think I've got Tweetbot set an hour most days, but that needs to come down. And I think 40 minutes on weekends. Um, and after that, uh, your phone throws a full screen prompt and sort of blocks you from accessing the app. And I really do like that. And I think that could be useful if these screen time features were to come across to the Mac to then also apply that ban to Twitter.com, to Tweetbot, um, you know, I sort of, I got the notification the other night that, oh, you've got five minutes left on Tweetbot, uh, today. And I was, I was in front of my iPad and I was like, I wonder if it knows I've got a Mac right in front of me that I can just switch to. Yeah. But I think that's interesting. I think those are the more interesting things on the Mac, the, the types of applications you're using and the types of website you're going to rather than the, how often do you use your Mac? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And it, it is about time well spent as opposed to. Um, sort of the little cuts throughout the day. Like, I don't need to know that, oh, I unlocked my Mac 37 times last week. Yeah, yeah. So how, just curious, how comes, did you say that you had one hour for Tweetbot during the weekdays and 40 during weekends? As a, as a limit, yes, 40 yeah. minutes, I think it is. So um, I'm going to double check that. How comes you decided to spend less time on the weekend? Sometimes it's nice to take a break from Twitter. Um, I... I used to often do a thing, it only, only lasted a couple of months, where I would try to avoid Twitter at all on weekends. Um, and I just, I wouldn't open the app, wouldn't respond to anything, and then just get back to it all on Monday morning. Um, it works well sometimes, but not every weekend. Um, I think weekends with a lot of downtime, sometimes it really is nice to to look at Twitter and all of that. Um, so looking at my averages for Twitter over the last week, I've used it for 32 minutes a day on average. 
uh, on my phone, that is. Um, and you, when you combine that with my Mac usage, it's really not good. <laughs> what is Rescue Time's business model? Uh, so they have a... It's paid. Um, so everyone gets a free plan. And then for better insights into the data, they have premium uh, options. So uh, I would hope they're not selling uh, my data. Um, so I yeah, no, there is the definitely paid plan? plans. I'm not on the premium plan. I'm pretty happy with just the basic insights that they provide. Um, they do a lot of time of day things and sort of aggregating that data uh, if you are on the, the premium plan. They also have pro features such as locking down certain apps. Um, so, you know, you can say for the next five hours, I don't want to be distracted. Don't let me visit any social network site, for example. And I can see that working really well, but I don't, I don't think I need that to stop me from looking at Twitter. Um, usually just quitting the app and removing it from the dock is enough to get me to not open it. Um, yeah. And there are also alternatives for that type of feature. Interesting. Right. I think I'll, I'll install that after this. Yeah, I think so too. And then I'm updating to the, to the new beta soon. I'm, 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 looking, some, I'm looking forward yeah. to seeing it. Once I get to know my way around the city, I can update to the new beta. <laughs> Hopefully they fix location issues I, in beta 3. I mean, for the last, I think, six years or so, I've always jumped onto... I mean, actually, uh, for the last three years, I've I've started with beta 3. Before that, I always started with beta 1 because I was uh, young and adventurous. <laughs> So I think I think this year again beta three is probably the point for me to to jump on onto the iOS twelve beta unless there are any reports of anything going horribly wrong. So after beta three comes out, I'll probably realistically I'm I'm just going to install it right away. But I, I I'm trying to wait for a day see if anyone has any horrible reports and then jump onto it. I'll be sure to let you know. I'm, I I think it'll come out this week, so we'll be able to see. Um, so real time follow up. Uh, it actually took me the last five minutes to find this information because the screen time page is slow and a mess. Uh, my limits are different than what I thought uh, on iOS. So my Tweetbot limit is 40 This Sorry, this is Tweetbot and Slack. So I've got them grouped into the same uh, sort of social network category. And so I've got a 40-minute limit on weekdays and a 20-minute limit on Sundays and a 25-minute limit on Saturday. I'm not sure why that's different. That might have been a mistake. Um, yes, it's actually a bit less than I thought. Um, and I'm a bit happier with those limits, actually. Yeah, yeah, I think those are quite reasonable goals to set. Yeah, down. 40 minutes during the weekday. I'm not, I think if I'm spending 40 minutes, I know it sounds like a lot, but I do travel an hour each way to work. So that's that works out to be 20 minutes of a 60-minute trip uh, on Twitter. I don't think that's too terrible, seeing as I can't really be doing much that's productive during that time. Uh, especially if I don't have a seat on the bus. So I think I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah. I think it sounds reasonable. 